to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. So pleased you could join us today for this conversation. My name is Tim. I'm part of the team at Limitless, and I'll be your host for our conversation with Mike Haslam and Ruth Motion, all about chaplaincy. Mike, Ruth, welcome along to the podcast. Hi. It's really great to be here. Thank you. So, so good to to have you with us. Now, I'm going to introduce you guys properly in a minute, but just before I do, I just want to let everybody know about Limitless Festival. Limitless Festival coming up in the summer, the 5th to the 9th of August on Stafford Showground for youth and young adults. We had an amazing time on that showground last year. We we, uh, just made space for the presence of God who moved in people's lives in such tremendous and powerful ways as people were filled with the spirit and healed physically. We saw 480 people give their lives to Jesus that week. Amazing stuff. So guys, if you haven't done so already, get on limitlessfestival.co.uk. You can find the details. You can get your youth group booked in for the summer. It's going to be amazing. Now today on the Limitless Leadership Podcast, we're talking about chaplaincy and chaplaincy particularly uh, in schools. And we've got Ruth with us. Ruth uh, is a former teacher. Uh, she is now a chaplain in an upper school in in Cheddar. You don't hear upper school so much uh, these no, days, we, we but did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's so that's for years nine to thirteen. That's right, isn't yep. it, Ruth? Uh, yeah, in Cheddar, and she's a, a curate also at St Andrews in Cheddar. And Mike, Mike Haslam is with us. Mike has has been a vicar and a chaplain himself, and is now the chair of trustees for the centre for Chaplaincy in Education, also called CCE. And and CCE have a vision to see chaplaincy in every school and college in the UK. I love that, dreaming big, and what an amazing impact that could make. Uh, Mike, he's also uh, the chaplaincy advisor in the Diocese of Bath and Wells, and he leads there a network of 160 chaplaincies and is co-chair of the Church of England Diocesan Chaplaincy Group. And Mike, uh, for for just a little bonding moment here, I also understand a little bit of a runner as well. I'm a runner, yeah. I love getting out on the hills, um, coasts and mountains and running up and down. He has always been insane, it's fine. Yeah, well, Ruth, I'm sorry sorry to let you know that I'm uh, equally insane. I love love a bit of trail running as well. I I accept everybody, whatever. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ruth. I'm glad to be welcomed on uh, our own podcast. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, my little bonding moment there, getting out on the trails, love that. And uh, as much as I'd love to talk about that, alas, this is not a running podcast. So maybe for another day. Okay, (laughs) <laughs> but Mike, Ruth, uh, welcome along. Just as we get into this conversation about chaplaincy and schools chaplaincy, first up, just help us to understand um, what what is chaplaincy, first of all? Could you define that for us? What does it mean? What does it involve? What does it look like? And, and, and to both of you, uh, Ruth, Mike, what is it that drew you personally towards it? What what is it that made you think you know th- this this is a really kind of fruitful and effective way to participate in in the mission of God? Okay, well I'll start. Um, what it is is whatever you make it and whatever God wants to make it. It's going to be different for every person and different for every situation, every school. But the thing that I like most about chaplaincy is that the idea of walking alongside. You walk Mm. with the students, with the staff. 
you meet them where they are at and mm. you walk with them however long that takes whether it's once or twice or whether they need to see you every week or whatever it is you meet them very much where they are and you walk with them uh, and that's an amazing opportunity to support and to be with young people and to be with them whether it's on a faith journey or just yeah. life yeah you're with them i love that ruth and it's there's something very much that's incarnational about chaplaincy mm. isn't it you know where yeah. where often we might put on a youth group or a youth club and we might invite people to come to us to our space to our church building to participate in that yeah. you know with chaplaincy and schools chaplaincy it's about us you know getting into in you know incarnating that space and, and being jesus in those spaces so yeah i love that how about you mike well it's also what jesus did jesus didn't um wait around for people to come and find him although they did he went out and about into the public squares, into the communities. Mm. He walked the streets. And one of our chaplains here in Somerset once said that first day in school, she noticed everybody rushing and she decided that she was going to walk slowly yeah. and really notice. And if you think about Jesus and Zacchaeus, it doesn't actually say, it says this in the gospel, but if Jesus hadn't been walking slowly through the crowds of Jericho, how would he have noticed Zacchaeus, this little man up a sycamore tree? He accepted Zacchaeus for who he was, um, with all of his sin, with all of his flaws, with all of his brokenness, with all of his exclusion. He spent time with Zacchaeus. He walked with him. And Zacchaeus's life was changed mm. by that encounter. And I think that's so much about chaplaincy. We're never there to impose but we're always there to journey with people. And as we journey with people, as we're present, amazing things happen in people's lives. And I guess you asked why we became chaplains. Scripture Union and other organisations say that about 5% of people have a regular contact with the faith community. Mm. Um, that's once a month or more. That means that 95% of the population, and probably growing, don't. Yeah. But those people are in schools. Young people yeah. are in schools and colleges. That's right. And are we going to wait for them to come to us or are we going to go and meet them? And I've always felt called to go out and meet people where they are and yeah. live and share God's love there. I, I love that, Mike. You, you, you said, you know, what, that as you kind of do this journeying with and walking alongside people, you see, uh, you see lives change. I'd love to hear just a story or, or two from you both about your experience in chaplaincy and, and how you've seen God move in, in those spaces, particularly in, in schools. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you a story then, yeah? Yeah, please. That right? That's what yeah. I love. Well, yeah, I had um, a young lady a few years ago now who uh, started coming to talk to me. Basically, her first meeting with me was because I'd borrowed a dog for the day to see if having a dog would help as a sort of therapy dog. <laughs> and uh, her mum asked if she could come because she was in a really bad place. She was self-harming. She was close to suicide. Wow. Um, and I referred her on because she, to, to get more support from CAMS, from mental health support groups and stuff like that. But we met every week, once a week. We met for basically a year and a half, nearly two years. Um, and... She's gone from being an absolute wreck mm. to being head girl, uh, wow. to applying for university. She's all sorted. She's got her gap year sorted. 
when she's uh, once she's got her A levels done, and um, she's supremely confident. And I'm not saying I'm the only one, but one of the things uh, a while back uh, she sent me an email saying, Ruth, I just want to let you know this. Um, I realized the other day that I had to have three months without any suicidal thoughts. Mm. And I just wanted to tell Lovely. you, I'm so proud of myself, but I want you to say, to say thank you to you for telling me that it could and would be better than it is. And always listening and always being prepared to cheer me up and make me realize that there was more to life than there was at that particular time. So and good. that's just amazing. I mean, I, I haven't turned into a Christian. I'm working on that. But, <laughs> you know, her life has been better because I was there to walk with her at that time. Yeah, come on. Freedom. And that's amazing. Business, it doesn't always it? happen like that, but of often it does. Yeah. No, I love that. Ruth, Ruth, amazing stuff. How about you, Mike? Any, any stories worth sharing today? Yeah, I'm going to tell you the story of a young lad now in, now in year seven, gosh, but I met him when he was in year six, um, a refugee from Syria. Wow. And he told me that when he came to this country um, in year four, so he'd have been about eight, he said, when I came here, I was angry. And when I was angry, the chaplain helped. Um, he went on to say that the chaplain had a big bear in her room. I've always assumed that was a cuddly one, um, not a grizzly. <laughs> but the chaplain had a big bear in her room. Afterwards, I felt happy. And the chaplain, this young lad was a Muslim, and the chaplain had got him up with his agreement and his parents in, um, in assembly and collective worship when he kept Ramadan fast for the first time and explored with him the sort of common roots of fasting in Islam and Christianity and what both religions um, believed about fasting. And this lad then said to me, I was asking him and others about collective worship in that school, and he said, I'm a Muslim, but she does interesting stuff about Jesus. I'm a Muslim, but I'm still interested. Mm. That's one amazing example of the difference that a chaplain can make to a a lad who is seriously scared yeah. and had their life turned upside down and inside out. And then that was from a few years ago, something that happened yesterday. I was in an FE college uh, talking to a chaplain and a student sort of emerged from behind a pillar as students do sometimes. <laughs> and she wanted to tell me about how she'd picked up a, I'd met her a few times on previous visits and how she'd picked up a Bible off the chaplain's desk. Um, they're freely available. And she had been reading the Bible. And when she was scared and lonely, reading the Bible brought her comfort. Mm. And there are so, so many examples. I've, got, I've listened to head teachers um, in community schools, not church schools, who say that the chaplain is a quiet but constant kind of flicker of hope, mm. um, giving life to the school. They were just, uh, we could fill the whole pack. Yeah. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. yeah. But do you, know, do you know what, though? What, what we're drawing upon, uh, I think, is kind of like an interesting tension. And I'd be just intrigued on your perspective on this because the majority of folks listening in our, on our conversation today will be youth workers based in local churches, right? Where um, they have no restrictions on you know, preaching the gospel, uh, telling people about Jesus, evangelism, uh, the opportunity to lead people to Christ. 
obviously when we go into a school, uh, uh, A, to do schools work, and, and we'll come in a moment to the difference between like, you know, schools-based youth ministry and chaplaincy, but A, when we go to a school, and then particularly as we, if we are the chaplain in the school, we don't have that same kind of liberty in quite the same way. That would be fair to say, wouldn't it? So how do you, as a follower of Jesus, who, you know, believes that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and that longs to see young people come to relationship with him, how do you hold that tension of being salt and light in that, in that space, in that school of, of being the hands and the feet of Jesus in that space, but perhaps without the freedom to uh, say some of the things or do some of the things that you might in the context of a local church youth ministry? I think, I mean, I, I, my school is a church school, yeah. but it's also the only school and therefore students and parents are not choosing it because it's a church school. Yeah, yeah. It's the only one that, that caters. Yeah. Some of them have been in church schools lower down, others haven't. It depends yeah. on where they live. Yeah. Um, I'm very open about the fact that I'm a Christian. It does yeah. help that now I'm ordained, because when I started I wasn't ordained, but now I'm ordained, it does help because I'm wandering around wearing a dog collar. So right. it's a bit obvious, yeah. but... Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very open. If anybody wants to ask me any questions about my faith, I will always answer them. Yeah. Even if it's, I mean, I've, I've had questions recently um, from sixth form about the Church of England's recent, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, thing where they're going with with, um, with, with, with same-sex marriage and, or not yeah. and this sort of thing. Yeah. So sometimes it's not easy, but mm. you have to be prepared to answer the questions. Always be prepared my, to give an answer my for the reason for the hope. That logic you have. is yeah. I think it's St. Francis that's supposed to there's supposed to have done, you know, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Mm. And I, I can't I, I kind of try and live by that, that my yeah. actions and the fact that I will, you know, welcome people in and listen to anybody and let them talk and go around and meet and be with people wherever they are at, you know, and just being in school is yeah. I'm there because I'm a Christian. Yeah. And yeah. they've kind of got used to it. Um, and they, they don't always ask about faith. They all talk about yeah. all sorts of stuff, yeah. but they're often surprised at how positive I am about my faith Yeah. because I, I don't live up to the, stereotype of what a christian traditionally <laughs> looks like and how a christian traditionally behaves um i always wear tie-dye i never wear black you know, so i'm i'm you know I, i'm very easy to spot i can't do anything in secret because everybody knows who i am and where i go and that's in the whole of cheddar because the parents know me the grandparents know me because i am the tie-dye chaplain the side eye chaplain, go it's on. It's random. It goes across. <laughs> you just live it. Yeah. And I don't wear tie dye, but I think it's about. <laughs> no. There's still time. No, there's still time. Uh, I think I think it's about being distinctive and inclusive mm. simultaneously. Um, as Christians, yeah. we hope and pray that we can be distinctively Christian, and we can also eat every bit as importantly welcome everybody for who they are unconditionally and i think that's what i see jesus doing as he wanders walks journeys around galilee and down towards jerusalem yeah. he is distinctive and clear about who he is 
Yeah. But he also, he doesn't say no to people. He welcomes yeah. them and spend time, spends time with them. And there are, there are, whole, there are creative tensions there. Yeah. Because I'm never there to impose my faith on anybody. Yeah. I'm never there to assume. But I am there distinctively and inclusively and ready to engage in conversation to kind of create safe spaces for people to explore questions of faith and life. And I find that when they do that, and they do it on their own terms, on their own turf, in their own time, then they're really ready to listen. Yeah. And they're ready yeah. to explore. And they're ready to find answers. So it's, it's a different model of faith sharing, faith living, um, certainly a different model of evangelism to that which we might practice in some churches. But, wow, if we're present, amazing things can happen. If we're not present then there aren't going to be those opportunities for questions at all because mm. you're going to have 95% of young people who are never going to rock up in a church. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that thought. On their own terms, on their own turf, yeah. in their own in time. Their own time. nice. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. let me give you another example. Um, last year on Ash Wednesday, I had a service in school. Uh, this is deeply Anglican. This stuff. is very Anglican. I apologise <laughs> Uh, but it was Ash Wednesday. No we need to apologise. <laughs> and we did Ash crosses. Yeah. And there were five of us mm. because I asked them to come to me. Yeah. So this year I decided to do something different and we called it Ashes to Go. And I went with a friend, uh, who, uh, another um, curate, and we went into the canteen. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'd done, I'd done some, um, put some notices up around and I'd done the recorded assembly that week about it, the collective yeah. worship, to explain what it was. But we ashed over 80 students that day, last <laughs> Wednesday. So that means that 80 students came up to us and by name, we did a, an ash cross on their forehead or on the back of their hand, whichever they preferred. And they all knew that it was a chance to say sorry, to receive forgiveness and to start again. That was how I'd taken it to them. Lovely, but yeah. the words that we said, because I rewrote what I was supposed to do, was <laughs> um, acknowledge that you have done wrong, accept God's forgiveness, know that God loves you. Brilliant. That's what I said to over 80 students who came individually yeah. by name. That's what they were told. And the, the and that, yeah, response, I mean, that's full on explicit yeah, gospel absolutely. stuff right there, the, isn't it? The response yeah. from the students afterwards when you said that to them is like, wow. Oh, but that come, that's amazing. That comes out of presence, it comes out of relationship, yes. it comes yeah. out of trust, and it comes out of allowing people to do it in their yeah. own time and yeah. making an offer not a not an expectation yeah or an imposition yeah and i think you know of course that that much translates into local church youth ministry as yeah. well isn't it it's it's as we build relationship with young people and as Absolutely. we grow in trust for, for one another that you know hearts are opened and, and, and lives are changed that absolutely but which which brings us to an interesting question um so i love doing schools ministry it's one of my favorite things in youth ministry to do i love going into schools i love doing assemblies and re lessons uh you know i've done all kinds of stuff phsc you know kind of special day special missions weeks whatever uh loads of stuff loads of different schools and i love it it's one of my favorite things uh, favorite things to do in fact literally just the thing i've just done before this is taught our students here at the limitless academy at, at regents theological college a, a session on doing re lessons in schools yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So tell me this, what's the difference between like your church-based youth worker who, you know, goes in to serve the local school, perhaps does some one-to-one mentoring, perhaps does a CU, perhaps does a couple of assemblies over the course of the year, to chaplaincy? How are those things? I think, I think there's a huge crossover to start with. But what we found when we've had folk go from being a church-based youth or children's worker um, or somebody, for instance, employed by Youth for Christ or another Christian charity into being a school chaplain is that they find, and these are really fantastic people I'm talking about who've been around a long time, we find that the impact of what they're doing just skyrockets right? because somehow they're they're no longer a visitor, they're part of the team. And they might have a new hoodie or fleece that doesn't have Youth for Christ on it or doesn't just have Youth for Christ, also has Castle School or whatever school they're in, Um, and their name and chaplain. And somehow because they're part of the team, the staff trust them more, and so staff forward students to them. The students trust them more because they don't give any extra hours they're still there for the amount of time they were before, but yeah. they're part of the team. They're not a visitor. And that seems right. to make a right. huge, huge difference. I think also just one thing, because we've always spent some time between the relevant youth or children's worker, now chaplain, and the school and the local churches working out a job or role description, there's a better understanding of why they're there. Uh, yeah, okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. The school and the school leadership and the school staff know why they're there because we've worked out a role description um and it does make a difference it it astounded me actually when we first started doing it the difference it makes yeah yeah Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense and i wonder is one of the other differences uh ruth um so so when i do schools ministry it's always been about the students uh you know so you know the the re lesson or the assembly or the the mentoring or or the cu or the lunchtime club or whatever it is it's always been about the students is there an element of your role, Ruth, as well, which has to do with the staff and being who's available for them? And is that a, 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 a you know a uniqueness to? It is because you're there to support the whole school community. Yeah. So I, I regularly have staff dropping in, teachers, support staff, cleaners. You know, they know where I am. And the and head that, teacher. Sometimes. And the head teacher sometimes drops in. Mm. Granted, sometimes that's because I usually have chocolate, but. That's another matter. Um, but they they know that you're there and they yeah. do drop in. I mean, I've, I've helped people, I've helped staff deal with bereavement. Um, wow. I've helped them choose readings for their dad's funeral and things yeah. like that. Wow. Um, I've gone borderline marriage counselling. I've done <laughs> all sorts, you know, because you just do, you just listen and you know, you get to know what, what's going on in people's lives. And some people will come back again and again and again, and others it's just a one-off. Sometimes I've done things which has started in school and then it's gone out into the community with that member of staff. Yeah. So I, I did a while back, I, I helped, as a member of staff, their, their son had been born premature and had had all sorts of problems during COVID and had come through it and was okay. And she wanted to, they weren't quite ready to do a baptism, but she wanted to give thanks mm. for her son because of how difficult his early few months had been. Wow, yeah. So I organised with her. I wrote the service specifically for them as a family and went to their local village hall 
to do a special service to give thanks for that boy and for them as a family. Lovely. Now, yeah. that's amazing because th this lady is not a Christian. Yeah. But I was her Christian contact mm. because I was, you know, she said, I can't, I can't go and talk to the local vicar because I don't know them. And that's so you get all sorts of different contacts that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah, beautiful. Different yeah. opportunities for faith. Yeah. yeah. And you just have to grasp them. It's brilliant. Yeah, love that. Fantastic. So 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 let me ask you this then. What what I'm wondering is is it is it possible, Mike, to to hold both roles together? So I'm thinking of this in a in a, a few potential possibilities here. I'm thinking a of the youth worker who's employed full-time by a church but may be seconded by a school to give some time as an official chaplain i'm thinking b of the youth worker who's employed part-time uh, by a church who might be able to you know make a connection with the school and set up a chaplaincy and work also part-time with the school and i'm thinking then c of the chaplain who's full-time but is a volunteer youth worker in their local church and they run their kind of youth ministry, you know, uh, you know, perhaps in a smaller context as, as, as a volunteer. Is that something that's possible? Can the two things be held yeah, together in those ways? In, in, in all three capacities, it can. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. The, you've got phenomenally similar skill sets in a sense and, yeah. and perhaps very similar callings, um, a sense of vocation from God of what God's calling you to. But yeah, I can work in all of those models you gave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So, I mean, so go, oh, go on, Ruth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm. This is. I'm now heading for sort of three and a half years as chaplain, and um, since we've been able to, because I'm partly paid by churches together in Cheddar, right. so all five churches chip in towards my salary for school work. But mm. then, with some other volunteers, we set up a you know a churches together youth group. So on Sunday evening, I was spent Sunday evening with some that I know because they're at Kings and some that will be at Kings when they're old enough. Um, but my Sunday evening was spent doing youth work outside. Mm. But when we started that, the only connection between all of those children, because they was school and me, because they go to different churches. Mm. But I was the link. I was the one person who knew all of them. Yeah. Whereas each of the other volunteers has come from a different church. Yeah. yeah. So they've gradually got to know them, but it, it's a, that it does work. It does work. Superb. So for the youth leader listening, who is just like getting a feel for the opportunity that's available here, you know, the, the, the gospel opportunity, the kingdom opportunity to just, uh, you know, incarnate the, the schools and, and, you know, journey with, walk with young people in the way that you've been describing. Like from, could you talk us through, like from, or, you know, maybe that could be a possibility in my local school to actually setting up a school chaplaincy or becoming a, a school chaplain? Like how would that process work? What, what, would, what would they do from, from here? Okay, I'm going to do a brief and shameless plug. I've recently <laughs> written a little book. It's only 10,000 words. It's not long. Um, called Growing and Reimagining Chaplaincy. And if you go onto the Grove book website, you can find it. And in a sense, you've got a toolkit for Brilliant. either local churches or organisations like schools 
about how to set up chaplaincies and how to train as a chaplain. Kind of um, different Matt, that's really helpful, and we'll definitely link to that yeah. in, in in the show yeah. notes um, as as well. So, but you know, but, spoiler alert: give us the headlines. Okay, in brief, because <laughs> yeah. no, nobody has to buy that. In brief, the conversation can start with either the church or with the school. Okay. And by the grace of God, we got loads of schools asking us. I was in a meeting with one last Friday, asking us to set up chaplaincies for the first time. That's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's then about a partnership between the local church and the school and working out what the vision is. It's about finding the right kind of equipping, training, mentoring for the amazing youth worker so that there are distinctions and differences between being a church-based youth worker and a chaplain, as well as similarities. And it's about ensuring that working out the misconceptions as well, because there can be kind of a few misconceptions, um, including that all of the students are suddenly going to rock up in church um, (laughs) or that the youth worker is going to do all of the pastoral and kind of emergency mental health work in the school. And right. both, you need to get rid of both of those misconceptions. Yes. But work yes. out what your vision is, both mm. for the school and the church. Support your youth, your youth worker in doing that. Um, as mentioned earlier, some kind of uniform, hoodie or whatever it is, can be really, really helpful. Tie-dye. Oh, Tie-dye. Whatever, <laughs> whatever is your, your style. Um, pray. And go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're the youth worker and you want to be involved in the school, make sure your church is supportive of you yes. because you're going to need a lot of prayer um, mm. and a lot of support uh, in order to set that up. But the, I mean, to start with, it's just about going into the school and talking to the the leadership team or talking to the pastoral team and saying, right, I can do this. This is what we can do. This is what I can do to help. Yeah. If I was a chaplain, I would be able to do this. Yeah. Would, can, that be yeah, would that be helpful? What yeah, else good, would you yeah. want me to do? And stuff like that. And most schools are so desperately in need of somebody who can just be outside of the teaching staff, but also yes. in school. Yes. And I mean, like I said, I've, I was a teacher for 30 years. He was yeah. my chaplain for, for <laughs> years. Um, but the the biggest difference, other than just being in the classroom and teaching a subject, the biggest difference was that when I started being a chaplain, when a student came to me and said, Ruth, have you got time? Can I talk to you? The answer was yes. Mm. It was never, well, I can see you at break time for 10 minutes or I've got a free lesson in three days' time. Mm. It was, yes, I've got time or tell you what, come back and see me at lunchtime and we'll make an appointment. Yeah. That, that's, it's having the time and the opportunity, the ability, the space to be able to give that time to those young people or to a member of staff. Mm. When yeah. a member of staff comes to you in crisis, you don't want to go, well, I haven't got time now, I'm teaching. Yes, yeah. You, you want somebody to be able to come to you and say, have you got time? You know, it's, it's break time now. I really would need to talk to you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Let's make that time. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. Mike, Mike, you mentioned um, just a moment ago about some of the the misconceptions, i.e., you know, the church expecting that suddenly the entire school is going to rock up at the youth group or the school expecting that you're now going to take care of all of the mental health provision and pastoral care for the entire school. Uh, Could you you both perhaps speak to 
what are some of the common uh, pitfalls that 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 people can get wrong either in the setup phase or actually whilst you're into it with chaplaincy in a, in a school what what is what are some of the kind of common mistakes or things that it would be helpful for people to know early doors uh, to 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 avoid well, I think those are some of the biggest misconceptions, but there are also things, I mean, it's worth before you start working out something as basic as what you're going to be called. There are some, particularly secondary schools, that are utterly committed to everybody being Mr, Miss, whatever, yeah. your surname. And there are some that are willing to make exceptions and say that the chaplain is Ruth or Mike. But it's worth working out things like that beforehand and dress yeah. code and other stuff. But I think most of all, it's what is the balance between being a Christian leader and being a, um, being a pastor, being a missioner? Um, what are you looking for from the ministry? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think one of, the, one of the biggest misconceptions is that people... Um, particularly when I started, people were concerned they hadn't had a chaplain for many, many years, which in school terms is like, you know, massive change over every sort of five years or so, there's a change of staff. Yeah. Yeah. So they hadn't had a chaplain. Most, most people have not worked with a chaplain before. And they were quite surprised that I wasn't ramming religion down their throats. Mm. Um, because um and i think they kind of expect anyone who comes in with a any kind of face and that's why they're in which as a chaplain you want that's what you're doing mm. um there's this expectation i think beforehand until they get to know you that all you're going to do is talk about jesus all the time mm. um now yes i do but i do it in a very subtle way one of the phrases i came across i read this in a report somewhere and it said the thing about Ruth is she says stuff in a good way and afterwards you realise it's quite profound. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, you'll If people that, are going yeah. away and thinking about what I've said yeah. and they're kind of getting into the habit of, you know, it's okay to talk about Christianity. Mm. It's okay to talk about God. It's okay to talk about your faith. That's fine. That's great. But I'd hate to think of the fact that they thought that I was trying to make them be Christian. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. All right. If that happens as a bonus, great. Mm. But, you know, I'm not there to recruit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm there to, to live out the gospel. Mm. Um, and if that means, if some of them, I mean, we, we, we have mm. at certain times of the year, all of our students come to church, physically come to church. Yeah. So I, I was working on the basis when I started that I've now got to where they are happy to come to church. Mm. So yes, it's for their specific services, but they are happy to step over the threshold and come in and sit and worship and or, uh, stand and worship or whatever they do. And two or three turned up the other week at a baptism with a member of the family. All mm. I got from the fact that they were sat there was like big thumbs up because yeah. they, this was their church and they were happy to be there. Yeah, lovely. and that that in itself is amazing. Mm. But if I'd have gone in and go and been sort of hard line, yeah, if you you know you're all going to hell if you're not like a street corner rancher, then I wouldn't have the relationship that I've got with people. Mm. And you probably wouldn't have a job either. 
Well, um, probably, <laughs> I think, I, Tim, I think the other thing I wanted to share is yeah. that captaincy is growing, and that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. It's growing in depth where it already is because cha- amazing chaplains like Ruth gain trust from students, yeah. staff, yeah. from school leadership, and the impact they have just continues to rise and rise and rise. Mm-hmm. But it's also growing in new places. And we've got um, FE colleges and we've got primary schools. We've got community schools as well as church schools Mm. all saying, can we have chaplaincy? We'd like to find out more about this. I get requests each month from new schools to set up chaplaincies. What do you put that down to, Mike? I'm really interested in that because obviously, you know, it's, 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 it's an ever increasingly secular age, isn't it, really? So, so what, what do you put down to in the midst of I think it, that? it's down to the grace of God. But mm. if there's anything we've done, we've told the story. Yeah. We've got out there and with church leaders and school leaders, we've told the story. Like we've done today, we've shared the impact that chaplaincy can make on individuals, yeah. individual students and staff and on the whole school. And it's amazing. Mm. Um, we had one community secondary school the head said to me, um, not a Christian, but he said to me when we were setting up the chaplaincy in the school that, look, we know that young people don't go to church as much. We're really glad that the church wants to come in and meet them here as a chaplain. That's fantastic. And the head then went on to say that there was a tangible presence of peace when the chaplain was around and he'd given benefits to the school that they perhaps hadn't expected. Mm. Now that's an opening for a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. Um, why is there a tangible presence of peace when the chaplain's in school? Because he wasn't yeah. full time. But it's amazing. Chaplaincy is growing both mm. in breadth and depth. And if there's anybody who's interested in setting up a chaplaincy in their local school and perhaps converting some of their hours from a church-based youth worker or, or children's worker into a school yeah. chaplain, tell the story. Share, share the impact that chaplaincy has. Make a pitch to it, to your, either your local church um, or to your local school. Conversation can start in either direction. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and see what God does. Yeah, fantastic. And, and just, just to clarify for anyone who's uncertain or wondering, you don't have to be an ordained minister no, in no, order no. to be a chaplain no, in a school, no, do you? No, I, I, um, I was partway through training... I started training towards ordination while I was still a teacher. My plan was to stay as a teacher. It's just that God had different ideas. Mm. So, um, so yeah, but I'd, I'd already done a year and a bit as chaplain until before I was ordained. Mm. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be ordained at all. We've got loads of fantastic chaplains who started life as youth workers and some still are youth workers. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. So for those, um, uh, Mike, wanting to know more, seeking resources and training, what direction would, would you point them in? Well, there are, loads, there, there are a number of different courses. Um, I was given a hard time on Twitter the other night for just promoting one, which is completely wrong because I promote all of them. Um, <laughs> I mean, Google chaplaincy and training. If you want to Google Centre for Chaplaincy and Education, we've got a good load of courses. Down here in Bath and Wells, we've got a good load of courses um, Newman University, St. Paddams in Cardiff, Worcester University, um, Waverley College down in Blackshire. 
there are a number of places you can go for chaplaincy training. But and is there some online training uh, available? Almost all of it's online. Yeah, yeah, almost all of it's online. And it's not all. Uh, it's not all kind of like formal. Uh, uh, training where you gain a qualification is just like equipping and uh, what what is what's some of the stuff that CCE yeah. has along those it's, lines? It's short courses, so short courses, sort of yeah. eight, ten, twelve session court Great. courses Great. that yeah. you can do alongside because we're almost always using people's transferable skills yes. and their sense of what God's calling them to. Um, so you, if you believe that God's calling you to this, then play around on the web, do a bit of searching, and you'll find some really fantastic opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you're welcome to share my contact details and anyone's welcome to get in touch with me and I can send them direct links as well. Fantastic. We'll do that on the show yeah. notes. And, and for those wanting to know more, what's the website as well for CCE, Mike? It's centreforchaplaincyandeducation.co.uk. Perfect. Wonderful. Fantastic. Ruth, Mike, before we close, any final thoughts, anything that you just want to leave uh, these wonderful listeners with uh, before we wrap up our conversation? Um, I, I will. I'll, I'll say, uh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit um, big-headed of me, but I get the gist of it. One of, <laughs> um, one of the students that I've worked with for the last couple of years, on and off, um, has applied to be on our student senior team for, for year 13. And in her application letter... Uh, as well as everything else, she talked about the importance of support and support staff. Um, brackets in particular, Ruth. Every school should have a Ruth. <laughs> so I, I take it to mean that yeah, every school should have a chaplain. And that's the view of a year twelve student because it just yeah. it just helps. And, uh, and why do we do youth work? We do it. We do it because we want to make an impact on young Absolutely. people's lives for the gospel. Yep. And this is the opportunity of chaplaincy, isn't it? Sorry, Mike, I interrupted yep. you. No, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to share the words of a year seven lad. Um, so an 11-year-old who said that the chaplain was there to listen, to care, to pray for, and to bless the school. To the best of my knowledge, when he said that, he'd never been a member of a church, he'd no. never met a school chaplain before. So I have no idea where those words came from, other than perhaps from God. But the chaplain was there to listen, to care, to pray for, and to bless the school. And finally, um, to everybody listening, please pray for chaplains. It's a mm. fantastic job. It <laughs> has its challenges as well. It does. <laughs> but please pray for chaplains as they live and share faith, as they live and share the love of God in our schools and colleges, because it's amazing. But we really value prayer. Mm, absolutely wonderful uh well ruth mike thank you so much for for joining us today on the podcast I, I'm, I'm inspired i might have to go sign up right now off the yeah, back, off the back of this you won me over uh no yeah. but uh, yeah genuinely just what, what an amazing uh, opportunity this this presents um for for the gospel and for our ministries and yeah fantastic stuff thank you for your Brilliant. conversation thank today. you And to all of you who are listening, if this has stirred something in you, if the Holy Spirit is just nudging you, just pulling at your heart, why don't you go uh, follow some of those links in the show notes? Why don't you get in touch with Mike and and the guys at CC and just just begin an exploration and and see what might happen. You, You never know what doors might open up when you push them. Uh, Whether you do that or not, thank you 
so much for everything that you are doing to invest in the lives of young people where you are, whether you're in the schools or through your local church setting, or you're a volunteer and you're just giving a f- the few spare hours that you have to help young people follow Jesus, whatever that looks like for you, I want you to know what you are doing is important. Uh, so keep going, don't give up. And don't forget about Limitless Festival. Look forward to seeing you on the 5th to the 9th of August. Uh, at Stafford Showground. It's going to be great. Uh, Limitlessfestival.co.uk. Keep going, everybody. And we will see you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.